Leaning Toward Wisdom for Thursday, November the 30th, 2023. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. I wrote this down many years ago, and I have hunted like crazy to see who said it. And I wish, man, I wish I would have written down where I got this quote. But it was a musician, and he said, be careful about the hit song you record, because you'll be playing it the rest of your life. I thought it was funny, kind of ironic, maybe even paradoxical. I don't know. Let's, can we learn anything from this quote? Oh, sure. Always. I'm sitting inside the Yellow Studio 3.1. Give you a quick update on Yellow Studio 4.0. It's coming together. So, got the rug in a week or so ago. Needed that because the floors are hard. Luxury vinyl tile. (laughs) There's some parts of marketing that I just love. Uh, LVT, luxury vinyl tile. Yes, it's throughout the entire house, including Yellow Studio 4.0. So the rug came in. It's uh, six by nine. I could have gotten a little bigger because this space is about 12 by 12, maybe 12 by 13, something like that. And I've got the yellow curtains covering the windows. These are thermal acoustic dark out, kind of a triple bang for your buck kind of curtains. They happen to match perfectly the two chairs that I have. I have posted a picture. I think I did it inside the Facebook group. If you're not in that group, slide over there and ask to join. There's links over at leaningtowardwisdom.com to it. I'm, I'm not posting a whole lot of pictures. I am taking a bunch of pictures just for myself, but I'm not sharing an awful lot of that. I kind of want to get it together before I go public you know, with it all. So, but I've got two chairs. Yes, they're yellow and they match the drapes perfectly. The curtains, which do have an acoustical property to them, a sound absorption, anti-reflection kind of a quality. Uh, The beadboard halfway up the walls, that's done, painted, thanks to Rhonda. The acoustical treatment on the three walls this is a this is an appendage to the master bedroom um yeah it's a big appendage it's it's huge it's it's a full size room but it's kind of perfect for our situation so i'm not complaining so the three walls including the walls where the windows are big big windows those have been treated with acoustical fabric that's glued on, those go above the B-board all the way to the ceiling. Ceilings are high ceilings. I've not done any treatment to the ceilings. I I don't much think I'm going to need to, but we'll see. Uh, there's a recessed area 
in the middle of the ceiling, and then there's a ceiling fan. I haven't had a, I have not had a ceiling fan in the yellow studio ever until now. So it's going to be kind of nice to have that, not necessarily for when I'm recording, but spend a whole lot more time in the yellow studio, not recording than I do recording. There's a whole lot of other work that goes on in there. So it'll be nice to have the fan. I don't know yet if I'm going to need to do any acoustical treatment on the ceiling, but we'll see. Time will tell it. The sound treatment on the walls made an enormous difference. Adding the, uh, the drape, the curtains that added to it. And I'm talking about just without headphones on, without a microphone, just to the naked ear, I, you could hear the difference. The rug, I'm certain, is going to make a difference. The desk that I'm going to go to is going to be a full foot, 10 inches or so longer than the desk that I'm currently working from. It's the same kind of a desk, but just longer. May I may need to do something on the desk, although... I don't, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see how crowded the desk is. I don't, the desk isn't going to be nearly as crowded as the current desk is, but I've just got more stuff on this desk right now than I even necessarily need. For instance, my power supply or my power conditioning stuff is on top of the desk. And that would normally be tucked away. But since Yellow Studio 3.1 is kind of temporary. I just, I just got it all kind of here. Doesn't matter. So it's coming right along. I would love to tell you that I'm going to have it up and running before the end of the year, but I'm not betting on it. And I'm really not even trying necessarily to do that. I probably will wait until January sometime. Uh, update on the. I don't know what you would call it. The fund me fund my, my video desire. If you care to go over to the website, you can check that out. Just support the show. If you don't, it's perfectly cool. I'm listen. You're already supporting the show by clicking play. That's that is the most important thing that you do for me. Uh, but some of you, over the years, I've said this before. It, one of the very first emails that I got, well, the first email that I got was from a jeweler in Switzerland who had found the show. That was eons ago. I wish, 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 wish I would have kept that email, but it was an email address that has long, long faded into oblivion. And I exchanged a number of emails with this person. Don't have a single one of them, but that was the very first person that I heard from, which just blew my mind. But very quickly, the very next emails that I got were, how, how are you making any money at this? And I don't remember the context because I, it never crossed my mind to try to make any money off of this. And I remember emailing the person back and I said, well, I, I don't. And it was as though, well, you don't ever ask us to do anything. You don't, you're not ever asking us to buy anything. Or I'm like, 
no, it's not really quite what this is all about. And the person just would not let it go. And it was very clear. Finally, the person said, well, so if we wanted to support you, we would do that how? Well, I was flummoxed. I remember emailing back and I said, well, you already have. You're listening. I mean, I'm. that's a big ask. Giving me your time and attention to click play, that's a, that's a big deal. But I continued to get emails along that, that same theme very, very early on, which really puzzled me until I realized that there were a lot of people that were entering the fray of podcasting. And that was the only objective. It still dominates an awful lot of topics out there in the podcasting community how can I monetize? You know, it's like, how quickly can I do this? And now you've got people that are talking about AI and how, how can I, basically the question is, is how can I game the system? How can I shortcut everything? Where's the easy button that I can hit so I can just start rolling in the dough. So I'm not about that. Never have been about that. Don't care if, if that's what you're all about. Good luck to you. Um, may the force be with you, I guess, but it's just not my deal. However, I have set a precedent. What three years ago, about three years ago, I did a project called craving encouragement. And I asked members of the audience, if you wanted to help me out, I wanted to get the roadcaster pro, which is this little podcast mixer device that was brand new at the time. And you guys, man, you guys came through. You guys helped me get it. So now I'm wanting to do a lot more video. And the reason I'm wanting to do a lot more video is because the Yellow Studio 4.0 is located in a place that is unlike any place that I've ever been. It's like being in a park. And there's just an awful lot of stuff that I really want to show you. And the best way to do that is, is video. And so I'm saving up for a wireless microphone setup, uh, the Rode wireless pro it's about 400 bucks. And there's all kinds of action cameras out there now. Like think GoPro. That's the most famous brand. I'm not going to buy a GoPro. I don't think, um, but there's a few that are in the running. Those are all $500 give or take. So my, my goal is a thousand bucks. I'm not quite 50% of the way there and we'll see how it goes. So if you care to contribute to that, you're welcome to do that. You can find ways to do that by going to the website, leaning toward And if you don't, I'm in no way offended because like I said, the fact that you're just listening is a huge, huge deal. So I write this down in a notebook. I'm thinking I can't be positive, but just based on the timing and, and the look of when I, about a decade ago, about somewhere in 2014, I think this is conjecture just based on the notes and the handwriting around it. Be careful about the hit song you record because you'll be playing it the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm almost certain that I saw it in an interview, that I heard it or saw it. I don't think I read it and I 
have racked my brain trying to remember who who would have said that. It struck me it struck me on a number of fronts. The first thing is who's careful about a hit song you record? I mean, you're just you're just fortunate and lucky to have a hit song. I'm not a songwriter, but I've got enough creative juices to understand that especially in a performative kind of a thing like music where a hit, okay, you're going to play it over and over where if you if you produce a video, if you produce a podcast episode and it, one does better than another and that is always the case. Some just do better than others. It's not just a rinse and repeat. Okay, well, Mr. Beast, he proves that it largely is a, a rinse and repeat. He, he's he got a process down, but yet he's not doing the same show. If he does a show and it has millions, and all of his shows are going to have millions and millions of views, but if he does one that does far and away better than the others, yes, he he dissects it and pretty much figures out, okay, why did that work? And how can we kind of replicate the parts of that that worked? But he's not, it's not like a band or a musician. You're not playing the same song. It still is a different thing. And other than music, is there a craft out there that's even remotely like that? Stephen King can write a book and it can be a huge, 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 huge bestseller, but he's not going to write it again. He's, he, he may go to a bookstore and he may read chapters of it. I mean, does he even do that anymore? Probably not. But if you write a hit song and you record a hit song and it's different about, that's why I think the verbiage here can't matters. Be careful about the hit song you record because you'll be playing it the rest of your life. There are songwriters, especially in Nashville, you know, songwriter row people that have written hit songs and you've never heard their name. They've written hit song after hit song after hit song. And they get, they get paid and they get paid and they get paid and they get paid. And they're not out playing these the rest of their life, but that artist who recorded it, they are, but come on. We just, we want to hit, we want to hit. I want a podcast episode that resonates. I want one that hits in a different, in a different meaning of the word hit something that hits home something that resonates with you, you know, I just, I don't know that songwriters, I can't imagine a songwriter thinking, uh, you know, we got to be careful. I mean, man, cause if that one, if that's a hit, oh man, we're going to, we really don't want to play that through. No, you want that to hit. You want it to hit. You want to have the problem of having to play that the rest of your life. Cause that means you had a hit. How many people go through life and they don't have a hit? I mean, that's, it, it just, I don't know. It just struck me funny when I wrote it. It struck me as honest and truthful for sure. I mean, cause don't you know, come on, the Rolling Stones, they've got a new record out. It's a pretty good record, by the way. Some people say, well, it's way too polished. You know, it's just way too, but they're not that polished and they're not. And it is, but it's still, come on. It's the stones. What can you say? But so you got these guys and I mean, what are they? They're 80 years old going on. And I mean, how many times can you play hockey talk woman? I mean, well, I don't know a whole bunch, a whole, whole bunch or satisfaction or any number of other songs that have absolutely been making these guys rich for years and years and years and years. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not in that position. I'm sure they're tired of playing it, but at the same time, how could you possibly lose any sense of gratitude that the song was as big as it was? I don't know. And I've read countless musicians who have talked about tricking a song up, changing a song. And of course they always learned that the crowd, the crowd has heard it on the radio or the crowd has heard it on their own music library. However you get that these days. And they've heard that song the way that you recorded it. And that's what they, they want to hear it that way. They don't want you tricking it up. <laughs> I can understand why musicians do want to trick things up. Now I'm a huge Billy strings fan. If you've listened to me for any length of time at all, especially in the last, I don't know, three to five years, Billy strings is this incredibly talented bluegrass would be the genre that people would now probably categorize him in. Uh, he's just a ridiculously talented guitarist plays an acoustic guitar and he's got a pedal board that this thing, I mean, he can make this thing sound like any electric guitar that you've ever heard. And he's just a finger picking fool. And he's just mad, got mad dog skills. And he's also a terrific singer, especially of the bluegrass genre, which to me does not seem like an easy thing. And I can watch his shows that will be on YouTube and there's a whole bunch of them. And he may not do songs quite exactly the same way because they're a little bit of a jam band. And so they'll insert some jam stuff in there, but he's not, he's not fundamentally changing the tune so much of the way that people remembered it. And you'll see people in the audience singing along and whatnot. It's interesting to me that one way that I think he veers away from potential burnout, which is really what the, quote is all about i think is be careful about the hit song you record because you'll be playing it the rest of your life he plays an awful lot of other songs he'll cover an awful lot of some more current songs and some really old classical kind of bluegrass or country songs and i was thinking the other day as i was listening to one of my recordings that he produced and I was thinking about his live shows and wondering, I wonder how many songs this dude knows. It's unbelievable. And I've looked and best I can tell, I don't see video prompters on the stage. And I, I don't now Billy is a weed smoker. You should know. I don't approve, but he just is. I'm like, okay, well, how can he smoke that kind of weed? And, <laughs> keep all these lyrics in his head, but he's got the gift, man. He has got the gift. So there's so many points floating around in my head that, and I've, I've had obviously a decade to ponder this thing and have never recorded any shows using that quote until today. Be careful about the hit song you record. Cause you'll be playing it the rest of your life. Well, one who's careful about a hit song, careful to make one careful to try to create one, but who's careful? Like, well, oh man, we don't want to, we don't want this one to be a hit because we don't want to be stuck playing. No, it doesn't matter. Whatever song you've got, even if you hate playing it, you want it to hit. 
He just, because everybody wants a hit song. And yeah, you'll be playing it the rest of your life. But it means you had a hit. Who wouldn't take that? I don't, maybe somebody out there wouldn't take that, but I'd take that. I'd take that being stuck playing, you know, a song the rest of your life. And then you think about people like Rolling Stones, or I think about one of my favorite artists, Jackson Brown, and you think about all the songs that we know, that we know of, and how many times he's played it. You think about the Randy Newmans of the world. You think about people like that who've got big, big libraries of songs because they've done record after record after record after record. And you think about how many times they have to play these. You think about Tom Petty. And thankfully closed out that tour, but sadly passed away at the end of that, you know, the 40th anniversary of this band being a band. And you think of the 40 years that they played and all of the times that they have played these songs over and over and over and over and as tight as the heartbreakers always were. Um, oh, I'm sure they, I'm sure they grew a little bit weary of it. How could you not? But I bet you a dollar to a donut, and I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I would bet you a dollar to a donut. They were really happy to have those hits because it's what packed arenas. It's what sold the records. It's what achieved the success. It's the whole thing that you were chasing. It's the reason that you got on the mountain to begin with is to climb that mountain as high as you could go and in recording music, there is no higher achievement than a hit. And then it's, okay, well, how big of a hit? And can we make this thing be beyond gold? Can we hit platinum? I mean, how, how, many, how many things, how many sales can we get? How many streams can we get? I don't know. Whatever the measurements are, they are. But how high can you go? And you want it. And then you want to replicate it. You want more. You want more of it. And then, of course, I had the thought, as you would suspect I might, you have a hit record, you're going to be playing the rest of your life. Well, you know how to overcome that. Have another hit record and another one and another one so that you have multiple hit records. And now you're not just playing one the rest of your life. Now you're playing like the Stones. Every song you're playing was a hit. And the whole show is nothing but you playing it the rest of your life. But man, how great would that be? And then like Billy Strings, okay, throw a curve every now and then. Man, I was thinking about the Rolling Stones. And I was thinking about what in the record business we used to call. And I, I don't know if they still do because, well, our record stores have pretty much gone away. But, you know, there was deep catalog. Deep catalog meant. Okay, these are the albums. You know, there's Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. There's Pink Floyd, The Wall. There's Animals. And okay, well, then there's some more obscure albums. Those would be called Deep Catalog. And record stores used to just, hey, we just want to sell the hits because that's what everybody buys. But certain record stores were kind of known for having deeper catalog. If you If you wanted to get some obscure album by say Pink Floyd or the Stones, well, they were the place to go because they ha they would keep it in stock. And so you could go into your deep catalog. If you're, if you're a band like the Rolling Stones, they got a ton of records that weren't hits 
ton of songs that weren't hits, but are great songs. Well, if you're playing satisfaction and honky tonk, you can, you can sandwich in between those two. You can sandwich another song if you wanted. Doesn't seem to me the stones really much care. (laughs) I'm not saying they've mailed it in, but I mean, Mick, Mick is still moving around like a hopped up teenager on Mountain Dew, isn't he? It's all just interesting to me, and I'm I'm probably even more interested because it's dealing in a performance-based activity. An act of creation that is performance-based. I understand podcasting, video casting, vlogging, all of these kind, even blogging. I understand that these, it could be argued that these are kind of performance-based too. I don't mean performance in the sense of achievement or accomplishment. I'm very performance-based when it comes to that. But then there's performance as in you're doing it in front of others. And yeah, it could be argued that podcasting is kind of sort of performance-related like that. But not really like a musician. Because you go and you're on tour and you're live and you're in front of hopefully a significant audience of people and you're putting on a show. I don't, I don't feel like I'm putting on a show and maybe that's a problem. I don't know. You can tell me. Yeah. Email me. There's contact form. I think over at leaning toward wisdom. If there's not, there's plenty of my email addresses all over the place over there. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's a good question maybe about podcasting. Do we have to be careful about the hit that we're creating, whatever that hit would be in your life or in my life? And let's just use this podcast. Do I need to be careful about some hit, some, okay, some point of resonance? And so now I'm going to have to be talking about that thing the rest of my life. Well, you and I both know that's not true because this space just doesn't quite work like that. Albeit that there are people out there that are trying to game the system. I mean, there are people out there that are trying to figure out, would I be better off? Can I, if I started a podcast and I, and I really lean hard to the left politically and I just, and I ride that pony, do you think that'll be more successful than if I go to the other extreme? And if I get on that extreme right pony and I ride that one, which one do you think would make the most money? (laughs) I mean, they're, ah, the ring. Do you have ring? Do you have anything like that? What do you what do you use for home security? Rule number one in podcasting, turn off your notifications, uh, Randy. I didn't, as you just heard. Ring. Do you have ring or do you use like simply say for I'm curious. I'm curious what, what you use like that. In fact, I know this is horribly off topic, but see, this is what you can do when it's a podcast. We can we can have the conversation like this. When it comes to like ring or simply safe or something else. I'd be curious what you use. And I'm also curious what other apps like home automation kind of things. For instance, I have Sensi, S-E-N-S-I. I would tell you who makes Sensi, but I can't remember. <laughs> Sensi is a, is one of those automated thermostats. And so I've got this stuff 
Uh, I've got some LG things, and LG has a, you know, they've got some kind of an app, um, a refrigerator, uh, various appliances. I have a garage door opener that is made by somebody whose name escapes me, and they've got an app. I've got, I'm trying to think of what else do I have? Well, obviously, I've got an app for my AT&T Fiber, so... I can, I could reboot my modem from my phone and I could be clear across the country and do that. What, what stuff like that do you have? Is there, is there stuff like that that you just, you find yourself just, I can't imagine not having that. Like ring. I can't imagine not having ring. I can't imagine not having the remote thermostat thing. Uh, the garage door opener. Yeah, that's being able to open and close it on my phone remotely. I, I don't do it that much, but yeah, that's that's kind of nice. Um, you have other smart home stuff like that. I've got Alexa devices, and in the Alexa app, I can go in and I can I, I could turn lights on and off from a and not be there. I mean, it's one thing to be able to do it in the room where you are with the device, but I don't know that kind of stuff. Speaking of playing it the rest of your life or being dependent on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's a lot of those kinds of things that I'm dependent on. I tell you one big area where I'm dependent is banking apps, banking apps. I know many of you may be afraid of banking apps. Don't be. Don't be. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. I have got Schwab and Capital One and Zelle. I've got insurance. I've got Fidelity. I've got Discover. I've got Vanguard. I've got PayPal. I've got Chase. I've got Venmo. Yeah, they're all on my phone. I, you just, man, you just launch it. Yes, I do use face recognition, so. If you do murder me and you hold the phone up to my dead face, I'm sure it will open the app for you. I, should you not do that? You know, I figure, well, if I'm dead and somebody gets a hold of it, what do I care? I mean, does it really, does it really matter? And maybe that's the point of the whole show today. I mean, be, be careful about the hit song you record because you're going to be playing that the rest of your life. I mean, does it really matter? Does it really matter that you're playing a hit song that is making you presumably a lot of money. Okay. Poor pitiful. You, you got to play honky tonk woman again for the umpteenth time. And you know, you've got houses all over the planet, poor pitiful you, or if you're at much lower level, you're a podcaster and you stumble onto something and man, it resonates and, and people just, they're attracted to it and they just like it. No, I haven't done that. I'm still working on it. Or there are people like me that I'm not careful about any of it. I'm not careful about a hit podcast because I am not, I ain't had a hit podcast and probably won't have a hit podcast. And I'm still going to be playing it the rest of my life. I'm still going to be doing this show as long as I've got enough brain power to speak coherently. I'm hoping, Lord willing, they'll be a leaning toward wisdom. I don't know how long. 
And I would love to tell you that you're in complete control of that, but you and I both know that I'm in control. Well, I'm not in control of that. God's in control of it all, but as long as I got my, my right mind and I can utter a, under, an intelligible sentence, yeah, we'll keep this we'll keep this train going. I, why shouldn't we? Because we're still chasing the hit song, and we're hoping that we live long enough that we can play it the rest of our life. Because that would be awesome. And you know, at some point I'm going to hit the pause button here. I'm feeling it coming on. I've got, it's just, there's just so much going on. I got to tell you, I've said it. I think I've said it before. And if I haven't, then let me say it. 2023 has been spectacularly awesome in so, so many ways. And much of that is your fault. Yeah, it's your fault. I'm, I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I got this kind of little cultish, loyal band of people. I'm, I'm really pleased about it. No, I'm not humbled by it. <laughs> oh, I'm humbled by all this adoration. Well, number one, I don't have a lot of adoration. And even if I did, I wouldn't say that I'd be. I mean, who's humbled by that? If anything, you're just inflated by that. It's like, well, I'm, I'm humbled because the Academy has given me this award. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're, you kidding me? You're feeling really good about yourself. You're not humbled at all. Huh. Yeah, words have meaning. Be careful about the hit song you record because you'll be playing it the rest of your life. And there are a lot of worse things. There's a whole, whole lot of worse things. Some of us, we're just trying to get by. We're just trying to figure this thing out. But 2023 has been a great year. Uh, Many of our dreams have come true. We've worked really hard. We've made sacrifices. We've been climbing just like you're doing. Some of you have had a great year. Some of you have not. And it's how it goes. I know this that I do think if we're careful about the pursuit and if we're careful about the process, whatever that is for us of what we're trying to achieve. And if we just keep at it and we keep at it, we might, we might hit, we just might hit. There's a whole lot of worse things than then be stuck with having to play it the rest of our lives. I'm hoping that Yellow Studio 4.0 will be it. I'm hoping that there will not be, not only will there not be a a 5.0, I'm hoping there won't be 4.1. I'm not saying there won't be, because 4.1 would mean the location is staying the same, but I'm going to trick things up. Eh, Okay, I could see that, but I'm not not anticipating the Yellow Studio 5.0. I'm pretty much betting on 4.0 being it. Want to help me? You can go to leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Mm-hmm.